willing to be helpful. Talk on the phone, go visit someone, pray for someone. Had an individual thank me this morning for us going to pray for them in their home when they weren't well. Why is that? Why do we do that? Because we see ourselves as servants of Jesus Christ. We want to be helpful. You've also heard me say that for years I owned a business and most of the time I never even told my customers that I was the owner of the business. And sometimes they would find out and they would be surprised. They would be like, hey, I called the office and they said that the business owner was coming. Is that you? I'd be like, "Uh, yeah, it's me. (laughs) It's me. But I would do anything that I could to help my customers. I I made sure that I delivered the stuff on time to them. Even if it meant that I got up at 3 a.m. and hit the road to go to Miami or whatever. I fixed their mistakes. They ordered the wrong thing. And when we delivered it, they're like, oh, this isn't what I wanted. I'm thinking, well, this is what you ordered, but let's work on this and get you the right thing. And I always tried to treat them fair and right. And I actually tried to do what I promised them that I would do. Again, our identity is not in our title. Our identity is in whose we are and what we are being servants of Christ. I have some um, other identity things here. Your identity is not in who you've, you've become and what changes you've made in yourself. Your identity is in who made you. In other words, your identity, you identify with your maker, with your maker. So, if you own a Ford, don't try to make changes to it to make it become a Chevrolet or GMC or in my case, a Kia. Don't, don't change the grill. Don't, don't change, swap out the headlights. Don't change your dashboard. It won't even fit anyway. Don't change the door handles. Just enjoy the Ford that you have and all the features that come along with it. And if Ford sends out a recall... Take it down there. Get the recall. Switch the part out. The piece that the plastic piece that cracks. Switch it out. It's okay. Well, let me say this, and I'm going to say this very gently, as, as gently as I can. Transgender. We hear about transgender. And I know it's a major issue in, in families' lives and different family members. But people try so hard to change their identity. I I was reading something. Somebody was saying that when a child is born, that they shouldn't put the sex of the child on the birth certificate. People try so hard. They dress different. They take shots. And some of them even have surgery. 
Just be who God made you to be. Number two, highest place. Highest place. Mark. Let me read this in Mark 9. And they arrived at Capernaum, and when he was in the house with them, he asked them, what were you discussing and arguing about on the road? But they kept quiet because on the road they had discussed and debated with one another which of them was the greatest. That was an awkward conversation (laughs) with Jesus asking that question. Sitting down to teach, he called the twelve disciples and said to them, If anyone wants to be first, he must be last and a servant of all. Highest place. Understand, success in the kingdom is not how many people we have under us. It's how many people we can get over us or how many people we can serve. It's how many people we can help in their walk with Christ. Again, the eldership team here. We make decisions together, and I know there's people that comment, well, that's impossible. Somebody's got to make the decision. And I tell you, you'll never hear us say, I did this or I did that, but rather you'll hear us say, we did this or we decided to do this. Why? Because we're building the kingdom of God together. Humility should be at the core of what we do. We have no reason to be proud. It's God that's doing it all anyway. We're just working with Him. In Philippians, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. More, think of other people more highly than you do yourself. More important, honor them more. Agree with each of them. Love each other. Be deep-spirited friends. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet-talk your way to the top. But put yourself aside and help others to get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourself long enough to lend a helping hand. I think that was the Message Bible. Another passage, for this reason, meaning the reason is because he obeyed and so completely humbled himself, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name. Notice, it's God that exalts, not we. We we don't elbow our way to the top. You see... The way to go higher with God is actually to go lower. If you try to go higher, he'll put you lower. Notice how I said the word put you. He resists the... If you try to get the first seat or the best seat, he'll take you back to the last seat. But if you take the last seat, he'll bring you to the first seat. 
If you try to go higher in proud thinking, he brings you lower by humbling you. But if you go lower in humility, he'll bring you higher. Here's another one. If you truly want to live, you got to die. This is the kingdom of God. If you truly want to help more people, you've got to learn to serve more people. You must go lower, and then he will bring you higher, or he will exalt you. Got some passages here in Job. It says here, um, he gives prosperity to the poor. Notice, notice the shift here. Prosperity to the poor and humble and takes sufferers to safety. In other words, he lifts them up into protection. Luke 1.52, he hath put down the princes from their thrones and hath exalted them of low degree. Notice, remember what I said? If you think highly or proudly, he'll bring you lower. But if you think humbly, he'll exalt you. He pulls down the powerful ones and lifts up the lowly. He exalts the humble. Another passage, Matthew 23. And whosoever shall exalt himself will be abased or will be humbled, but he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. And then 1 Peter 5, 6. Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Well, I just think it's way past my time. No, it's not. Let me just read it to you in another version. If you will humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, in His good time, He will lift you up. It's His timing. You may be here and you may say, well, I don't, I just, I, I don't want to be humble. I mean, I don't want to be exalted. That's correct. Our goal should never be to exalt ourselves. We're to humble ourselves, and then he's the one that exalts us. He's the one that puts us in place according to his purposes. You've heard me say many times, there's our part, and then there's God's part. And too many in the body of Christ are mad at God saying, well, he didn't do his part. Well, why don't you do your part? Why don't you read scripture? Why don't you spend time in prayer? Why don't you develop your relationship with him? He's big enough, rest assured, he'll do his part. May not be your timing, but it'll be his timing. He raises us up so that we can encourage other people and lift others up. We grow in our relationship with God so that we can help others grow in their relationship with God. I remember a number of years ago, there was a a uh, man that came in here, young man, and uh, he asked the question. And here's what his question was. Um, when am I going to be able to preach here? So it, that's what he said. So, and I'm thinking, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, when am I going to be able to preach here? 
you know, I preach on Facebook. And I was thinking, well, good. That's, that's good. Can I tell you today? He's in jail for robbing somebody at a Sam's parking lot over west of here. Pride. You know what the Bible says after pride comes? The fall. It is so important, guys and gals, that we walk humbly before God. So important. Some of you know that I was a crusade director for, there's a title, meaningless, um, for 10 years, and I traveled a lot. Um, in fact, one time, one year I was in the Philippines six times and, uh, and ran the business, my business that I had. And you say, well, what does a crusade director do? Well, a crusade director does everything to make sure the crusade happens. So you buy tickets, you assemble teams, you um, get visas for the country if need be, you make hotel arrangements and transportation arrangements and preaching schedules and you negotiate venues and you do all this stuff in the Philippines. Kevin is between 11 and 12 hour difference from us and they're ahead of us. So track with me. Focus in on what I'm saying. So if it's 11 o'clock here in the morning, it's about 11 o'clock at night because they're 12 hours difference. And on top of that, they're a day ahead of us. So when I would fly over, I'd lose a day, but when I flew back, I gained this, the day again. I told you, you gotta focus with me on this. So during the day, I would do all the crusade stuff and then at night, I'd go back to the hotel after the crusade, and then I'd work on my business and, and emails and phone calls and then get a couple hours of sleep and do it again. You say, well, why did you do that? Well, two reasons. One is I felt God wanted me to do that. And the second reason is because I was trying to raise up other people in a different part of the world to expose them to the gospel and help them develop a relationship with God. So we'd do pastors' conferences and youth crusades and miracle services and all kinds of stuff. But it was all for the people. We didn't do it for ourselves. Are you kidding? I mean, we, we don't. This isn't about us. You don't work yourself silly for your own sake. That's why I say when I call myself a crusade director, it doesn't matter. It's a lot of work. But I did it for them to help others in their relationship with God. And then number three, highest prize. Highest prize. Let me read this in Philippians. So we have Paul who lists his credentials. Let me read them to you. These, these are his credentials. Okay, Circumcised on the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as touching the law, a Pharisee. In other words, he knew the law. He carried out the law. Concerning zeal, did he have zeal? Yeah, he persecuted the church, real zeal. 
touching the righteous which was, uh, which was in the law, blameless. So he literally was involved in persecuting the followers of Jesus. And then in Philippians 3, 7, he says this, but what things I gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. In other words, one translation calls it rubbish or trash. The old translations called it dung. All of his credentials, being a Pharisee of Pharisees, holding to the law, all dung. Useless, no value to be thrown away and discarded compared to knowing Christ. Knowing Christ. Where'd my pay? Here's my paper. Um, and then verse 9. And being found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, and I'm going to explain that real quick to you, but that which is through faith in Jesus Christ, the righteousness of God by faith. So basically, in the Old Testament or the law, it required our human effort to carry it out. One relationship with Christ. They had the law, fallen. Did you do that? Yes, check. Did you do that? Yes, check. Did you tithe? Yes. Did you tithe on everything? Yes. But then in the New Testament, our righteousness comes from faith in Jesus Christ. Now, we rely on Christ and we have faith in Him. We're still going to have to be obedient to his commands, but we rely on Christ and what he did through faith. There's a difference. There's a difference. You see that. The Old Testament, it was just this way. No relationship with Christ. But now it's with Christ through faith in him that we carry out his plans. Do you understand that? And then Philippians 3.10, the prize. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformed unto his death. None of those credentials mattered. None of his accomplishments mattered compared to knowing Christ. Refuse to get distracted by those other things in life. My one focus is to know him. Is that your focus? I mean, there's nothing wrong with going to school, nothing wrong with having a job, nothing wrong with that. But in comparison, in comparison, that I may know him. 1 Peter 5, 5, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Here's another one. I dwell in the high and holy places with him also that, I, that is of a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the hearts of those that are contrite. Psalm 138. Though the Lord is exalted, he regards the lowly and invites them into fellowship or knowing God. He invites them into fellowship. 
but the proud and the haughty he knows from a distance. In other words, you press into God to get to know him and you come into him. But for the proud, they're at a distance. I don't ever want to be distant from God. Never. I don't ever want to say anything, have a nasty attitude, whatever, that would cause him to be distant from me. Matthew eleven twenty nine. Take my yoke upon me and learn of me. Develop that relationship, following me as my disciple. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest and renewal for your souls. By knowing him. By developing that relationship. When we mature in Christ... We should be, be becoming more and more humble because we're getting closer and closer to Jesus. You can actually get older and not mature spiritually. Just get older. Have you ever met people that were older who just got older? They didn't, they weren't developing their relationship with Christ. They got crotchety, they got critical, they got you know you know what I'm talking about. But in Christ, the older we become, the more humble we should become. The more grateful we should become. True sign of maturity in the kingdom of Christ is humility. Let me close with this. Paul is going to be my closing. Perhaps the greatest apostle wrote a lot of the New Testament, caught up in the third heaven, and some of the stuff he saw he didn't even tell us about because he knew we couldn't answer or um, sort it out in our heads or understand or comprehend. But Paul died in 66 A.D. Okay, track with me. You're going to have to focus, but it will be significant when I get done. He died in 66 A.D., and he was saved in 36 A.D. So he was a Christian for 30 years, basically around 30 years. So watch these statistics. Watch, what he'd, watch the progression of his life. So 20 years, okay, he, he lived for Christ how many years? Okay. 20 years after becoming a Christian, which was 10 years before he died, he wrote 1 Corinthians and here's what he said. I'm the least of all apostles. Humility. Seven years later, which is three years before he died, wrote Ephesians. Here's what he said. I am less than the least of all saints. Two years later, one year before he died, First Timothy, he wrote. That Christ Jesus came into this world to save sinners, and I was the greatest among them all. One translation said, I was the chief of sinners. So 10 years before he died, I'm the least of all the apostles. Three years before he died, I'm the least of all saints. 
one year before he died, I'm the chief of all sinners. Notice the humility that he took as he progressed in his walk with Christ. He kept going lower and lower and lower in his assessment of who he was without Christ. 1 Peter 5, 6, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God and he will lift you up when the right time comes. Micah 6, 8, my opening passage. The Lord God has told us what is right and what he demands or what he requires. See that justice is done. Love mercy and walk humbly with your God. My three points. Highest position, servant. Highest place is actually the lowest place in humility. And the highest prize is knowing Christ. Brandon? The worship team could come. You guys want to stand with me for a moment? You guys remember that little moment Allison and I had on stage? There was a song they were going to go into, so they're going to do that now. But let's, um, let's have the Lord search our hearts right now. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to come and search us to see if we're truly servants of the Lord. We want to be servants of Jesus, servants of the Lamb of God. So let's just take a moment as the band kind of gets ready.